Welcome to another episode of Mike's My Picks. Today on the podcast, we are previewing this week's Live Golf event, Live Bedminster. This is actually the second hosting of Live Bedminster being played at the Trump Bedminster Golf Course in New Jersey. Um, so we actually have a little bit of actionable data to take from this. And so we're going to, here on this podcast, we're going to break down the course itself. And then we're going to identify some golfers that need to be on your betting cards and in your DFS lineups for Live Golf this week at Bedminster. Now, if you have not seen it already, we did preview the FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Um, check out the channel feed on Spotify app or wherever you get your podcast, or just check out the channel page on YouTube, and you can find that episode. Um, but we did preview the PGA event this week as well as the Live event. It's actually kind of an interesting juxtaposition on the schedule. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that Live is going directly head-to-head with the FedEx Cup playoffs this week. You know, Generally speaking, Live has avoided con conflicts with the bigger PGA Tour events, um, you know, the stronger field PGA Tour events, you know, so they went up against the Wyndham last week, and now they're going up against the FedEx Cup playoffs again this week, so kind of an interesting juxtaposition, but hey, I'm not mad. Golf's going to be on my television all weekend long. Now, also another episode that I got to plug, this week is the last week to enter the Pup Cup Draft on Underdog, which is their best ball draft contest for the FedEx Cup playoffs. So if you want to um, watch our show where we went through strategies, guys to draft, you know, guys to target, as well as do a live draft, check out um, the episode feed on you know Spotify or Apple, or check out the channel page on YouTube, and you can find that video as well. All right, enough with the introduction. Let's go ahead and start breaking down Live Bedminster. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so let's go ahead and break down the course itself. So Trump National Bedminster is actually generally a pretty tough test. This is a par 72, and it is almost 7,600 yards. Basically, where it gets all its distance from is the par 4s. There are a lot of long par 4s on that course, meaning that they're over 450 yards. Now, in terms of like you know, hazards, you know, where things can go wrong here at this course. Water is on over half the holes here at Trump National Bedminster. Um, the fairways are generally pretty wide, but if you miss the fairways, there's a lot of bunkering and there's a lot of water. Um, so if you do have a big miss off the tee, there are definitely places where you can get yourself in trouble. Now, the greens themselves are above average size, but they do feature a lot of undulations, so they are not the easiest greens in the world to putt at. Uh, I will say that I actually think that the way this course finishes should set up a pretty thrilling finish with the risk reward drivable 17th hole uh, and then the par 5 18th which is not going to be reachable in two for pretty much anybody um, and so I do think that it's you know a very thrilling finish that can create um, opportunities for birdies as well as opportunities for big numbers. So this week, I do think that total driving is going to be very important. Not only are you going to give yourself an advantage by being long, but you're going to give yourself an advantage by being straight. You're going to have to avoid the big miss here at Trump National Bedminster if you want to be able to score here well on this course. Score well here on this course. Now, this course is um, an event that, you know, we've seen on the Live Tour before. You know, there was an event played here last year, and scores were generally, um, you know, pretty high. This was not a very easy course. Henrik Stenson is your defending champ. He won at minus 11. Matthew Wolf and Dustin Johnson were runners up at minus 9. Then you had Carlos Ortiz, Patrick Reed, Paul Casey, Sergio Garcia, Turk Pettit, who is no longer on the Live Tour, Lee Westwood, and Taylor Gooch rounding out your top 10. Um, a lot of of the names on the leaderboard changed, you know, from last year to this year, but a lot of them are the same, especially those guys there at the top of the list. Now, the stats that we can get from Live 
are generally pretty limited. They don't really do the full like strokes gain breakdowns like you see on the PGA Tour or the DP World Tour. But what you can see is you can get kind of the basic stats like driving accuracy, birdies, scrambling, stuff like that. So I do think it's actually worthwhile to kind of look at the driving accuracy top of the leaderboard with Henrik Stenson, the guy that won this event last year, being at the very top of the driving accuracy list by over 4%. So um, I do think that that's pretty substantial that the guy that won here last year is a guy who's one of the most accurate drivers on this tour. Sebastian Munoz and Abraham Anser are the next two in that stat. Now also another stat that I like to look at um, in terms of the stats that they give us, greens and regulation I think is going to be important. If you're going to be able to hit greens this week, that is going to give yourself an opportunity to make birdies. And at the top of that stat on live so far for the entire season is Mito Pereira, Brooks Kepka, and Sebastian Munoz. So Sebastian Munoz popping up on two of those stats. Maybe that's a guy we need to be looking into this week. Now, in terms of comp courses, I think that there is one course that kind of stands out more than all the others as the best comp course um, to Trump National Bedminster. And I think this Liberty National Golf Club, which hosted an event on the PGA Tour for quite a few years. Um, the Northern Trust back in 2021 was kind of the most like recent event that was hosted there. Uh, and so when you look at the, you know, the strokes gain numbers that we've got from there, there's a lot of guys that have small sample sizes because they didn't play this course a whole lot. But John Rahm played this course very well. That's a guy who is long off the tee, plays long golf courses very well. So I kind of think that checks out a little bit. In terms of live guys that have played well here, Louis Oosthuizen has had good run here. Cam Smith has had good run here. Harold Varner III has had good run here. Um, let me see if I can find another live guy. There's Cam Smith. Um, Jason Kokrak has had pretty good run here, and I think that's pretty much what we're going to find um, in terms of the success at Liberty National. Now, this is also a Tom Weisskopf design, and so in terms of being a Tom Weisskopf design, there are a few courses on the PGA Tour that are regularly played that have been designed by Tom Weisskopf. Um, so we've got Shadow Creek, Congaree, Caves Valley, and PGA National. PGA National is the one that is played year in, year out. The Honda Classic uh, is at PGA National. Caves Valley hosted a BMW Championship that was won by Patrick Cantlay over Bryson DeChambeau in a playoff. Congaree Golf Club is um, home of the CJ Cup and the Palmetto Championship has been played there twice. And then Shadow Creek hosted the CJ Cup one year and Jason Kokrak won that event. So kind of notable that that's a live guy. Um, so when you look at strokes gain total on all these Tom Fazio courses, um, in terms of the live guys, Bryson DeChambeau has the best numbers. Um, and then, you know, scrolling further down the board, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, uh, I'm pretty sure is fairly good, but there's a few other guys. Lee Westwood has pretty good history on a pretty large sample size. And then Bubba Watson um, has a decent history here as well. So um, those are the guys that have popped on other Tom Fazio designs. Now, Quail Hollow is, I think, the best comp to Trump Bedminster that we're going to see this week. It is a long golf course. It is also designed by Tom Fazio. And it's a golf course where being elite with the driver can really help you. And you do not want to miss big off the tee at Quail Hollow either. So I think this being the supreme comp course, um, I think we definitely need to look for um, some live guys here on this list. Phil Mickelson has a great history at um, Quail Hollow, however, not really so much recently. Bryson DeChambeau has great history at Quail Hollow with a ninth and a fourth in his last two finishes there. Patrick Reed has a great history at Quail Hollow on a large, large sample size. Um, three finishes of eighth place or better in his last four appearances there. And then you've got Taylor Gooch, Abraham Anser, Louis Oosthuizen, Brooks Kepka, and Paul Casey kind of rounding out the group of live guys 
guys that have had pretty good history around Quail Hollow. All right, so knowing what this course is going to set up like and knowing who has played well at the comp courses, let's go ahead and take a look at the board and see if we can identify some guys that need to be in your DFS lineups and on your betting cards. All right, so we are looking at the DraftKings board for their contest for Liv Bedminster. And I got to say, one thing that I pointed out last week that I'm definitely going to stick with again this week is that when I play guys at the top in terms of their salary or in terms of their odds in betting, I want guys that are going to go out there and fight for my money. I want guys that are going to go out there and give 100% effort and play to win no matter what. I mentioned last week kind of the weird scheduling juxtaposition where a lot of the guys on the Live Tour play for the major championships. And, you know, we finished the 2023 major championship season. So there's a lot of guys that don't really have a whole lot of motivation. They're still playing in this event. And I think last week it kind of showed. Out of the top four guys, you know, you can call them the big four, Smith, Kepka, DeChambeau, and Johnson, only one of them finished in the top 20 last week, and that was Bryson DeChambeau who walked away as the winner. So I would definitely say heading into this week, I am definitely more willing to play Bryson DeChambeau because I know that he is, you know, going to go out there and play his absolute hardest, play his absolute best, and try to win the golf tournament regardless of the outcome or where he sits in the standings or whatever. Bryson's out there to try to win every every time he tees it up. And so I'm definitely more inclined to play him over Smith, Kepka, and Johnson. In terms of a course fit, I think that Dustin Johnson's a pretty good course fit. You know, he came in second here last year. Um, you know, he's played well at some other Tom Fazio designs. I, I think that he probably sets up the best out of the rest of the three of them between himself, Smith, and Kepka. But let's go ahead and talk about Bryson. I already mentioned that I'm going to be playing a lot of Bryson. I, I have no problem betting Bryson this week. I, I think that his odds are a little bit deflated because of what he did last week. But what Bryson did last week is just absolutely incredible. And I, I think being totally honest here, I don't care that he only beat 48 people. I don't care that, you know, it was a three-round tournament. You could you could nitpick it all you want, but a 58 is impressive. A 58 at a legitimate PGA Tour course that never played that easy when it was on the PGA Tour, 7,200 yards, like no slouch of a design, like that 58 was really impressive. Like if you want to nitpick a guy winning on live and say, no, they only beat 47 guys, like yeah, that's a totally valid point, but you can't nitpick a 58. A 58 eight is just insanely impressive. And I think that Bryson DeChambeau is genuinely generating some steam to get himself picked to play in the Ryder Cup this fall. And so I think he's actually playing with a little added motivation that he's thinking, hey, maybe if I go out and shoot more 58s, then maybe I might just get my name called to play in the Ryder Cup again. And I think there's a legitimate argument for him to be on the Ryder Cup team. You know, He made the cut at the last three majors, top 20 at the U.S. Open and the PGA, and he's been really good on live. So I'd personally consider him just because you know you're going to have a guy who's going to strike fear in his opponent and the driving distance is going to be an absolute advantage to have on your squad. So anyway, back to this week. So Bryson did get to use a new driver last week, which really seemed to help. Not only was he really long off the tee, but he was really straight off the tee as well, which just allowed him to hit nearly every green, and he ran really hot with the putter. And I see no reason that he can't do that again. Um, so I'm totally willing to go back to him. I'm more inclined to play him on a DraftKings type format where you just need him to play well as opposed to betting him outright to win the tournament because I think there's a pretty narrow path for that. But I do think that he makes for a great play in DraftKings. He's low on the odds boards for a reason. I kind of wish his odds, I kind of wish his number was a little bit higher, but hey, you know, he, he won the golf tournament last week playing some of the best golf anybody's ever played. So um, definitely props to Bryson for his win, willing to go back to him in DraftKings. Now on the next little tier, 
You got Mito Pereira, who doesn't really have a whole lot of history at all the comp courses we laid out, but he has been really boom or bust on live this season. He has a third and a second. He has not won. He's also got some pretty bad finishes as well, like the 40th at London. So when you think about a courses that emphasize total driving, I think that's a pretty good fit for Mito. You know, you think back to what he did at Southern Hills, that's a course where you needed to be long and straight, and he dang near won that event. Um, so I'm kind of willing to give Mito another run for it this week. And I think he's going to make a nice little um, ownership pivot because I think a lot of people are going to play the top four guys and kind of just ignore Mito a little bit. And I think Harold Varner III is going to be kind of in that same range as well. He popped up on a lot of the course histories that we showed and, and his form heading in is pretty doggone good. He won Live DC back in May, which was another Trump national course. <laughs> um, and then he also had an 11th at Live London and then a 6th at the Greenbrier. Um, so I definitely like Harold Myers the third the third's form coming in. I definitely like the fact that he's played well at the comp courses. He definitely has my eye this week as well. Taylor Gooch was really good here last year with a 6th place finish. Um, and you know, he's been probably the best player on Live in terms of the whole season. He's had three wins. Um, he's been really, really good in the Live events. Now, he hasn't done squat in the majors, but in terms of purely like Live Tour Player of the Year nominee, he'd have to be the, the guy that would win it as of today. Um, and he's coming off of a seventh place finish at Live Greenbrier. I don't think that necessarily this is the best course for Taylor Gooch's game. He's not super long off the tee. He's not like elite, elite with the driver in his hand. And so, I don't know. Am I willing to play the guy just based off of his history on live and the fact that I know he's going to go out there and play his best? Yeah, but is it the best course to deploy him at? Probably not. So um, I, I don't know. I kind of think there's a little bit of pros and cons with Taylor Gooch this week. I'd rather try to pay up for Mito Pereira or HV3 as opposed to playing Taylor Gooch. Patrick Reed popped up on some of the comp courses that we talked about, um, but I don't know. He, he's another guy that you don't really know if he's going to go out there and, and give it his all. His last finish on live was a T36 at the Greenbrier, and that was coming off of two back-to-back -to -back top five finishes on live. So I just don't really know what to make of Patrick Reed. Um, I, I'm kind of willing to just pass on him this week. Sebastian Munoz is a guy that I was really high on last week. I was also really high on Bryson last week. Um, and he came in 12th at the Greenbrier, which is not bad. He, he's had some really good run on live this year. And I think he's a guy that really, really fits well with what this course is going to ask you to do. Sebastian Munoz is a guy that is elite with the driver in his hand. He's really long and he's really accurate, and he's going to use that to his advantage to hit a lot of greens. And if he rolls in enough putts, if he's just not terrible with the putter, he's going to give himself a chance to compete for the title and maybe even win the title. And so you look at his best two finishes uh, on live this season, um, they were at Orlando where he was second, and then he has two fourth place finishes at DC and at Valderrama. Those are all places where off the tee game was very important. So I'm definitely willing to think that this course um, suits Sebastian Munoz's game. I think he's probably the guy in this little mid tier that I'm going to be playing the most of. Dean Burmeester is another guy that kind of like Munoz is great with a driver in his hand. His total driving numbers tend to be really good. He's coming off of a seventh place finish at the Greenbrier. He was really highly owned on DraftKings last week at the Greenbrier, but I do think it was because of his deflated price tag. He was like not very expensive last week. He's much more expensive this week. Um, so maybe that expensive price tag will keep um, you know ownership down. Sebastian, or not Sebastian, Cameron Tringale is a guy that we got to talk about because he's like consistently, consistently finishing good 
on live. He's got four straight finishes of 12th place or better. And hey, if he just comes in 12th, that's kind of paying off his DraftKings salary. And, and that's, you know, it might not win you a GPP, but it's certainly not going to lose you one if you play him. You know, the only downside is I don't think this course fits his game well at all. He is one of the shortest golfers on off the tee on the Live Tour, you know, even including like the older guys. Um, he's just not very long with the driver. And I think that's not going to be... Um you know, a good fit for this course, just because it's going to require the driver. It is a very long course. So if you're not hitting the driver very long, you're going to have to be hitting long irons into these greens, which is just not a situation that you want if you want to be able to stick the ball close. So as good as the recent form is with Tringale, I think I'm probably going to pass on him this week. Now we did mention some of the comp courses. Louie, Kokrak and Ortiz all have great records at the comp courses. Louis like popped up on multiple of them, in fact. Um, but you know his his um, recent performances on Live have been very hit or miss. Um, so I don't really know what to make of that. But he has a great history, career like long term history at a lot of those comp courses. Jason Kokrak won at Shadow Creek, which was another Fazio design. Um, but his recent form again on Live, like Louis Ustazen, just very hit or miss. So, you know, kind of hard to predict there. Carlos Ortiz is another one that I kind of like Ortiz at the same courses that I like Sebastian Munoz at. They're um, not super different players. Um, and so if I like Munoz, who's also coming off of a T7 at the Greenbrier, I think this is going to be another good spot um, for Carlos Ortiz. Now, looking further down the board, you got Henrik Stenson, the defending champ. So don't discount that. Um, he was very popular on DraftKings last week, and he came in 25th place at the Greenbrier. So I'm hoping that him kind of maybe letting people down a little bit might keep his ownership in check in DFS formats. But the guy that I think is going to be one of the highest owned golfers in DFS, I think he's going to be a very popular bet this week. And I think it's for a pretty good reason is Matthew Wolf. So in his the scope of his golf career, Matthew Wolf has shown probably the biggest peaks and valleys of anybody to come on the PGA Tour in the last decade. You know, he'll go from um, winning or nearly winning the 3M Open, the Rocket Mortgage, to like missing like 10 cuts in a row. And, and then he'll pop back up at a U.S. Open for a second place finish where, he, you know, he wasn't really close to Bryson, but no one else was really close to him either. And then he'll have like just a stretch where he misses like 10 cuts in a row. And, and now he's on live and it's been more of the same where he'll give you good finishes and then he'll pop right back down to 44th or 41st. Or, you know, like the, his last two live events prior to live Greenbrier, he came in 44th at Valderrama and 47th at London. In case you didn't know, there's 48 golfers on live, so 47th is second from last. And so he had basically no semblance of form coming in, and then he goes to the Greenbrier and pops for a third-place finish. So Matthew Wolf, you never know what you're going to get, but you do get winning upside. When he's at his peak, he is one of the best drivers of the golf ball in the world, and he can have the capability to get hot with his irons and with the putter as well. And so I definitely think he's a very valid bet to win this tournament. I think that um, he's probably one of my favorite long shots if I were to be betting a long shot this week. But I, I definitely think that he's going to be popular in DraftKings. He got a huge price jump. He was in the 6K range last week, um, and, you know, and with that playing very well at Greenbrier, he's all the way up at $8,200. So I'm definitely um, expecting him to come in highly owned, expecting a lot of people to be on Matthew Wolf this week. Abraham Answer is another guy who popped up at a lot of the comp courses. He kind of closes that $8,000 range. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the 7K range. So my guys in the 7K range, 
First one is going to be Richard Bland. Um, just been pretty solid on Liv um, until like a month ago. He didn't really have any great finishes or any poor finishes. But once Liv London came around in his home country, he finished in sixth place, made the cut at the Open Championship, and then third place at the Greenbrier. This is a guy that I just think his form coming in is really good. Is it the best course fit for him with it being a super long track? No. But is this a guy who's just playing really good golf right now? Yes. The bottom line is if Henrik Stenson can win here, where Henrik Stenson is just a guy who just hits fairways, hits fairways, hits fairways while not being super long off the tee, Richard Bland can do the same exact thing. So I am in on Richard Bland this week. Mark Leishman is another guy that I kind of like. I think he's going to be a little bit of a sneaky sleeper play in DraftKings because I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him. But what we like with Leishman is his ceiling like he had with his T2 finish at Live London. You know, over the course of his career, Leishman plays better at longer courses, courses where, you know, distance can be an advantage. So, you know, courses where long irons are going to be in your hands. So I definitely think this suits his game pretty well, and I'm willing to go to him knowing that he has a high ceiling and he's at a course where his best features are emphasized. Now, David Puge is going to be America's value play this week. I think he's going to be one of the highest owned players on DraftKings. He's coming off of a third place finish at Live Greenbrier, and just a month ago, he had a fifth place finish at Live Valderrama. He's a guy who is all the way down here in the price tag who legitimately has the ceiling to win. He has the capability of getting scorching hot with the putter, and he's a young guy. We don't have a whole lot of like full-blown stats with him like that you know, are from a tour other than the Live Tour. Like We don't have like pure strokes gain breakdowns, so it's kind of hard to tell what type of player he is, but he is the type of player that can go out and get hot and win this event. So I definitely think a lot of people are going to be on David Puge this week. Now, looking further down the board, I think more so than any other week, there's less guys in the 6K range that catch my eye. I think the DraftKings has done a pretty like better job this week of getting guys who played well last tournament out of the 6K range. Like they're not gonna let you like try to catch a guy who's on a little bit of a hot streak at a very low price tag. It's just not what they're going to do here with their pricing. One guy that I do like in the 6K range though is Lee Westwood. Played very well here last year. Had one of his best finishes of the season with an 18th place finish at Liv Greenbrier last week. And hey, if he can just come in 18th place again, which you know he did better than that last year, I believe he was T6 last year, then he's going to pay off his price tag. He He's going to be one of the better value plays on the slate. So he would probably be my preferred play in the 6K range. All right, that does it for the Live Greenbrier preview. Hopefully, was able to give you guys some information that will help you build your DFS lineups or fill out your betting cards this week and pick out a winner. Last week, we were all over Bryson. Um, we were also... You know, Bryson and Sebastian Munoz were kind of the two guys that we highlighted the most, and, and Bryson won. So maybe this week it'll end up, you know, turning back to Sebastian Munoz. But hopefully, I was able to talk about the winner here on this podcast. We will be doing live previews up until the end of the season. Check out the PGA Tour content as well. Also, please check out uh, my NFL season long content that's on the channel as well. Also, got to show you guys one last thing before you leave. If you are watching on YouTube, I am now partnered with Sign Up Expert. So Sign Up Expert, what they do, and they gave me my own site, signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks. What they do is they find all the best offers 
for your location for any online sportsbook, DFS site, or player prop site. And what happens is when you go to my site, signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks, you get the best promo codes and the best offers from all these sites. And it also shows me some support as well because it can see that you signed up from my site. So if you're interested in signing up for any new DFS player props or sportsbooks, check it out on signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks. All right, that does it for this episode. Um, looking forward to watching live this weekend looking forward to watching the pga tour this weekend we got the fedex cup playoffs should be a great weekend to golf hopefully we're able to pick out some winners thank you guys for watching and listening and i will see you next time